was trying to figure out what the hell is all the hype about. So I went on my Spotify and I was listening to like some of her songs. I was like, Antihero's a little bit of a jam. Sip and Chat Cafe. Welcome to Sip and Chat Cafe, a safe space for stimulating conversations. No topic is off limits. If it matters to you, it matters to us. I'm your host, Atara G, and our producer, Motown Maurice. For more information about this podcast and more, please visit MotownMaurice.com. Well, today we're going to have an open discussion about mental health therapy. And for me, therapy has always been a safe place for me to figure out how I feel about something, to be honest with myself, to understand my feelings, and basically how to, you know, to find coping mechanisms to work through life's challenges. My guest today is no stranger to therapy. As a matter of fact, we met playing pickleball and she owes me a rematch. (laughs) Please welcome Liz. (laughs) Hi, Liz. Hey, rematch is on the horizon. I know. We haven't (laughs) seen you the last couple of Sundays and I'm pretty sure it's because you're avoiding the rematch. I'm deep into training. <laughs> Getting ready for the pickleball tournament. We yeah. also have we also have an upcoming pickleball tournament. So oh, yeah. Liz is and her partner are getting ready and Motown and I are in intensive training as well. Yes indeed. <laughs> so therapy, let's get right into it. Yes. Why do you go to therapy? I go to therapy because it's that safe space for me to go, you know, every week if I'm able to. And I can talk about the highs, I can talk about the lows, and I'm also there and I'm working on um, boundary making or, you know, standing up for myself or not trying to people please. Um, There's a lot of things that, you know, through therapy, I realized that I probably should be working on. Mm -hmm. And so I do go so I can continue to work on those things week to week. And you go every week? So currently I'm in couples therapy. Um, and that is, well, it was week to week, but right now through the rest of the year, we're doing every other week. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, you caught me in a weird time, but typically I would go week to week. Um, I'm not in individual therapy right now, but when I am, it would be week to week. When I was in individual therapy, I was going week to week too. Okay. And I started going cause I had a crisis and then I decided to go to therapy cause Normally, I would find that I could fix things for myself, which I probably really wasn't. I've now learned I probably wasn't fixing it. I was just putting like an adhesive bandage on it. (laughs) And then I started going to therapy and I was like, oh, my gosh, you're a hot mess. So I was going every week and then it tapered off and Mm -hmm. then I stopped going. But I recently went back earlier this year for cognitive behavior therapy. I was going to talk therapy before and I did... I just did cognitive behavior therapy, which I really, I really liked. And some of you may out there may be wondering what it that is. It's called CBT and you can Google it. <laughs> it's as easy as that. It's as easy as that. <laughs> and I found it really helpful because it was, as opposed to talk therapy where you're going every week, 
and it can turn into maintenance, which I think is really important, just like any other part of our health. I felt like the cognitive therapy, behavioral therapy helped me hone in on an issue I was having. It was like emergency care. I think like CBT is like going to the emergency room of therapy, which is what I liked because <laughs> I, I felt like I was, Motown knows he was witnessing it all <laughs> from hiding <laughs> under his bed, but <laughs> he was like, yeah, it was like the emergency room of therapy. Oh yeah. No, yeah, that's great. I think, um, yeah, my partner started out with art therapy okay. because she didn't, I don't know if she was comfortable just, you know, starting off with talk therapy. Um, talk therapy works great for me. I've never ventured outside of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, talking about yourself, I have a hard time talking about myself or uh, expressing myself. So talk therapy was difficult for me to start. But then once I got into it, it was great. You know, just, I guess maybe, I don't know for you, is having someone listen and validate or not validate what you're saying and maybe say, okay, that makes sense or no, Atara, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I started off, I went for my sexuality because mm -hmm. I wasn't accepting myself and was like praying it wasn't true. <laughs> you know, it was like a lot of, you know, I had a lot of religious shame that I still work through. It's mm -hmm. still you know, is with me today. Um, so I think it was, you know, when I decided to go to therapy, um, I went secretly because I, you know, didn't want to admit it because I didn't know anybody in therapy. You know, it wasn't talked about how it is today, you mm -hmm. know, like almost everybody I know has at least touched therapy mm -hmm. or is at least open to the idea of it. Um, you know, when I started going, it was, you don't need therapy. It's like, you're fine. You Just know, it was seen as like a negative. Take it off. Have a whiskey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so having someone there validating um, how I'm feeling mm -hmm. was amazing. And I think, not to say I wasn't validated before that, but to be in a space where you know you're going to be validated so you're not afraid of saying the big scary thing because mm -hmm. like for me once I say the thing it takes so much of its power away and and that's that's what I love doing there because you know sometimes I go into therapy and I say something I'm like oh that's actually not what I meant mm -hmm. but I felt that you know so I don't for me I'm like workshopping yeah. my feelings and you hit the nail on the head it is a workshop and it's kind of like a workshop where you don't have to hold back anything because it's just you and this other person you trust. So you don't have to say, oh, can I say this much? Can I not say this much? Workshop. That's a good, like a, a talk workshop, a feelings <laughs> workshop. Yeah. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. And it's individualized. Like I mm -hmm. like one-on-one -on -one therapy. I've had a therapist suggest for me to go to group therapy before I never want, I really don't think it's for me, mm -hmm. in, at least in the stages of life that I've been in. Mm -hmm. It's not for me. I'm like, I need the person to focus on me. I'm here. I like, I'm happy to hear how other people's experiences are similar to mine or different to mine mm -hmm. and um, learn that way. But um, yeah, so I haven't tried that yet, but I do think it probably is. Why did they suggest you go to group therapy? Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm like, this is gonna get wild. <laughs> Strap in, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
So um, I'm going to name the big bad insurance Kaiser Permanente. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm calling you out. <laughs> oh, so I was in, I had Kaiser Insurance, and this is when I was in L.A., and I was seeing a therapist week to week. And then uh, probably a month in, she goes, okay, so now we're going to see you every other week. And I was like, okay. She's like, I just don't have room in my schedule. So I'm like, okay, sounds good. And I knew that Kaiser had issues with um, scheduling and therapy through the news. You know, like it's mm -hmm. been in the news that they're like understaffed. And so they have, you know, they outsource it, but they didn't offer me that option. And then, so I saw her every other week and then it was every three weeks. And then at one point she go, she's like, okay, so I don't have room for you for a month, but I get a call the day before that month is up and they go, oh, we're so sorry. We double booked you and we don't have room for four more weeks. So I had to go eight weeks without seeing my therapist. And, you know, I was upset about it. And mm -hmm. with this therapist, I was working on boundaries. So I was like, I need to stick up for myself. I need to say something. So they offered me to go to a group therapy. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't. I was like, yeah. mm, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, I eventually ended that relationship with that therapist shortly after that, because mm -hmm. it almost felt like more stress going into therapy than, you know, I was like, okay, what happened for me this past month or this past yeah. two months? I'm like, it was a lot to try and pack in. It was a lot to hold on to. So. <laughs> well, also, I mean, would you tell a person who is getting chemotherapy, hey, we don't have room for you this week. You'll have to wait for your chemo session for four weeks. You know, I feel like mental health is just as important as any other medicine that we need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the mental health. It's like if your mental health isn't good, that can also affect how your body is feeling and everything else. But I also wonder if she felt bad about that, too. Yeah, and she did. You know, we talked about it and it was just the way that that they yeah. were operating at that time. It wasn't good. Like, yeah. you know, there are therapists and I think a few months later, like went on strike or they did a protest, maybe not a strike, but it was like a protest or something. They're doing that now. <laughs> like, are they doing it again? Yeah, because yeah. like, yeah, Kaiser is, they're understaffed now. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. They eventually did like, um, they offered me their, I think it was called Beacon at the time. I don't know mm -hmm. what it's called now. And then you could get out of network therapists for your copay. Have you ever done um, like teletherapy, like video therapy, or has that always been in person? I prefer in person, but um, during the pandemic, I did teletherapy. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. What was that like? I didn't get as much from it as mm -hmm. I needed, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very much in person. Like, I need that there. Otherwise, it kind of was just like, oh, another Zoom meeting. Mm. Yeah. It feels disconnected, right? If the person is like not right in front of you. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of nice to have the drive there, the drive back. You're not being distracted by work. I would go from an all hands meeting to an individual meeting to therapy to a, mm. to another work meeting, like all back to back to back. And you don't have any time to debrief. And I was like, you know, you're not shutting the computer even. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, just clicking on a new 
tab. <laughs> it's like, at, oh, I have another meeting. It's but your therapy session, but gotta go. I have another meeting and it's your therapy session. Yeah. And then with that, you're like, gotta go. Gotta leave my therapy. I have another meeting. Yeah. It's just a meeting after meeting after meeting. <laughs> yeah. I much prefer in person. And I, I, I just, I will never go back to telehealth if I don't have to. <laughs> how long? So when you, how old were you when you first started going to therapy? I was 19. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was, uh, I saw that they were offering free therapy, um, through my university. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to take them up on that. And it was like 10 free sessions a year. And I did that. And then in the midst of that, I got hit by a car on campus. And so I was like, well, thank goodness I'm in therapy. I can talk about (laughs) therapy next week. You know, I was because it was traumatic. What happened? Like, were you was your body damaged or did you break anything? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I was very damaged, but nothing broke. Luckily, Um, a lot of people were like, oh, you should be like a stunt person (laughs) because you can get hit by a car and you're okay." But yeah, I was like, I was walking across the street and a driver um, blew through a stop sign and hit me. And I flew like 15 feet in the air. Like I flipped. Uh, Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad, you know? And like, I was thankful to be in a place where I could, you know, I had this relationship with this therapist and I could talk about it. And it wasn't like this traumatic event weighed on me for, I mean, you know, it definitely weighed on me. I, I think mm-hmm. I brushed it off early on. Cause like at that time in therapy, I was talking about my sexuality. So I was like, okay, I got hit by a car, but I really got to talk about my sexuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? so it's like a lot going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was nice to have an established relationship with yeah. somebody to help me through that because, you know, when I really do think back on it, I didn't have I didn't ask for the emotional support that I needed from my support system. You know, I did laugh mm-hmm. it off. It oh, was, from being hit by a car. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, I didn't want people to worry about me, you know. That's a good point. Asking for help from your emotional support system. How do you do that? Because <laughs> I don't do that. I have a very good emotional support system. I just never tap into it. I'll be honest. I, this age, I'm still struggling with that. How do you do that? Like, how do you remind yourself to do that? I mean, it's having like those, you know, intimate relationships with people Mm -hmm. and like, you know, which take time to build. And sometimes you, you know, you might have that with some, like I might have that with an old friend, but Mm -hmm. we never really talked about our feelings or anything, but I know they'd be there for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, like I started after having conversations with people. And I think like the first one with like one of my best friends I made out here, I said, I'm not good at this and I don't want to do this. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not good at talking about my feelings and asking for help, but it's making me emotional. <laughs> God. <laughs> and you know, and then I was like, but I need it. Yeah. You know, and I'm here for you in that exact same way. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I lost two members of my emotional support system during recently. And 
kind of don't know why. Kind of have an idea why. Kind of don't know why. But I do know it's them, not me. I have thought about it, and I'm like, it's them, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I've come to terms with it, but the loss is still there, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of sucks that they won't talk to me about why they left. In case it was something that I did, I could apologize or fix. Yeah. But I'm okay with it now for the most part. Um, am I? I don't know. I feel like I am. I think about it a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But I have a really good support system with my, um, with Motown, my sisters, my brother-in-law. My, I have some cousins that I'm close to. It's still small, but I do yeah. need to ask for help. But also those people know that I don't ask for help. And they will say, are you not asking for help? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then it's, especially when you are, and then people still leave or they yeah. still, you know, and like, I mean, it's such a, I mean, I hate to be like, that's life. Like, yeah. but it's like, you just can't predict what people are going to do. And like getting back to therapy, like that's why ha- like having this space where I could process that out, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, cause sometimes, you know, I, I say to myself like, oh, I, I can like, I logically know what's going on, mm-hmm. but like my emotions are not, they don't know what logically is going on. They are just here feeling it all. And my brain's like, well, I know it's this and this and this, but I can't help like the way that I'm feeling yeah. about it. I think that's the worst part. Like, well, one of the things that I did learn in therapy was to manage my feelings and I think for me, that was huge, the biggest part of my problem or why when things happen, they seem so big because I have these really big feelings. And people always make you feel bad for having big feelings. I, My uncle used to tell me, oh, you're so passionate. You're so passionate. And it would make me feel bad for being passionate about something. So I, I would tend to like suppress everything Mm -hmm. you were saying earlier that when you're feeling stressed it comes out as chest pain Mm -hmm. so when i feel stressed it comes out as like an angry blow up oh yeah it's really bad yeah yeah and i mean it's i think it's like good to recognize how Mm -hmm. it manifests in you and Mm -hmm. um you know because if i'm having a chest pain i can say you know like to my partner like I'm very stressed about this and, and this is, you know, I hurt, I hurt right here, Mm. you know, and not that, you know, like she would ever take anything lightly that I say, you know, but it, it, it is good for people to know where you're at. And, um, you know, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I have to be strong. I have to, because nobody, when I was growing up, nobody, nobody was coming to me talking to me about their feelings. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't going to anybody talking about my feelings. You know, I didn't, you know, there's just like so many things that I didn't see when I was younger that I've learned in therapy. Where did you grow up? In Wisconsin. Wisconsin. (laughs) Now is that cheese? It is cheese. cheese. Yep. And binge drinking. Okay. (laughs) So A, I love cheese. (laughs) Tillamook cheese. Was Tillamook made in Wisconsin, I think? Honestly, I'm not 100% sure, but I would I would I would say maybe yes. 
I love they, their we cheese. We need the people to Google it. And I love their ice cream. Yes, that's Tillamook <laughs> cheese. You can also Google that. Yeah, Google it and then let us know. <laughs> Are that. you a fan of cheese? Love cheese. I love it. Love it so, so much. Two things I always have in my house is some cheese and some tortillas and oh, some yeah. tapatio. Because when push comes to shove, we will have quesadillas oh, yeah. for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. Amazing. <laughs> you can't go wrong. Can't it's go so wrong. good. Corn and flour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So Wisconsin, that's the Midwest, right? Yes. So when people say the Midwest, and maybe this is a weird question to ask you, but when people say the Midwest, what states does that encompass? Okay, you know what? I feel like I'm always learning because I I feel like it expanded. Like since like when I was a kid, it was, you know, Minnesota, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, Ohio. Mm-hmm. But then some people are like talking about these other states and I'm like, that's the Midwest, like more west. And uh-huh. I get it like Midwest is in the name. And then you have like a state like Ohio that's on Eastern time. And but they're in the Midwest. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I, it's very confusing to me. So how'd you get from the Midwest to Los Angeles? I I was I knew I wanted to live in Los Angeles. Okay. And I, I knew I wanted to move here. And then um so when I graduated from you know, I went to the same town I grew up. And went to elementary through high school. I also went to college there. My university was like a mile from my high school. Mm. And then, so I never left this town. And then I graduated from college and I worked at my friend's marketing agency for six months. And then I also worked at a local grocery chain called Festival Foods, one of the best grocery store chains. Festival of Foods? <laughs> it's called Festival Foods. That sounds fun. <laughs> it's amazing. It's one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. I love it there. Um, so I also worked there. So I was like working, you know, most weeks, seven days a week, um, saving up money to move to LA. And then, you know, one, it was like late June, I think. And I was like, all right, I'm going to move. And I bought a ticket for like 11 days later. And I, I flew out with two suitcases. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's courageous, Liz. <laughs> thank Going you. Going from the Midwest to, you know, L.A. I, thank you. But I was lucky because my sister um, worked in the entertainment industry. So she knew some people. So I luckily had a, I stayed with um, somebody she knew, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> It's always the grandma, right? <laughs> she took me in uh, and I stayed with her until I got my first job. And I actually then lived on the road for a year. Okay. <laughs> so I moved out here just to live on the road and basically go back to the Midwest. <laughs> well, when you started therapy in college, up until you moved to LA, did you stay in therapy? No. So once I was... Um, both of the therapists I had in Wisconsin were through my university. Okay. So one was one year of school and then the second one, I had to switch therapists because the person who I was seeing was no, like was leaving. Mm-hmm. So then I got switched to a new person. So I saw um, those two. And then once I graduated, the free therapy ended. <laughs> As it does. <laughs> And, um, and then, so I was on a pause. Uh, I didn't, I didn't start back up and 
So I took a few years of a break. I didn't start back up until I was uh, working at the job where they gave me Kaiser. Uh, <laughs> was that break more about because you didn't have health insurance or was it because you maybe thought you didn't need it anymore or? Um, not definitely not because I didn't need it. It was just probably, you know, I did live on the road. I was okay. traveling, um, for that, for those jobs, um, all around the country. And yeah, I just, I just don't think I had like a moment to figure it out. What I'm, I don't want to get off topic, but what job were you doing that was taking you all around? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Someone uh, my first job <laughs> in LA, uh, I worked as like a tech assistant for a show called Amazing America with Sarah Palin. And we traveled the country <laughs> hunting and fishing. And honestly, I need so much therapy just from that show. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together over here. <laughs> I was like, that's a whole other show. It is, it is. <laughs> like, like... I have hundreds of stories I can tell you. Hunting um, and fishing. Yeah, it was we it Were you was... hunting and fishing fish? Um I just you know it's fished... Sarah, I gotta check. We hunted so many different types of animals where I saw animals killed and you know, I'm from Wisconsin, so oh I'm Oh my gosh. So I'm used to deer hunting. Like okay. you know, my family was big into deer hunting. Um, I have pictures I can show you of me as less than one years old with like dead deer hanging in the background and like they just crazy pictures. So I'm not, I, it's not like this thing that I've never been ex exposed to, but the way I saw some of these animals killed has stuck with me. And I'm uh. like, it was very, very, I actually don't know how I got through it. Now that I think back to it, I'm like, how did I do this? Um, but I spent days in tree stands it with a camera um the the battery it was so cold that the that i'd have to put the batteries for the camera on my body to keep them warm so that they would last longer and you know but but you can't miss the kill shot so make sure that the battery like the unpredictable battery doesn't <sighs> die <laughs> and being an ant because you're an animal lover oh yeah you know so how did were you an animal lover at that time Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. I I, 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 like, so, I, I want to get into this, but <laughs> it's gonna. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a good segue into your passion for animals and the therapy that they provide for you. Yes, I was trying to get there, but I got caught up on. I know I have some like gruesome stories where I'm like, oh, like I would never. Want anybody to be exposed to them? Oh my <laughs> yeah, they were. I mean, they were. I mean, it was a crazy time. <laughs> okay, so saving animals. So let's move on to saving the animals. Yeah. So I know that you, um, you, not house kitties, but you're. Uh, what are they? Foster kittens. Mm -hmm. And um, didn't you say on your questionnaire that your mission in life was to save as many animals as you could? Yeah. Yeah. That's so you, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> so you. Is yeah. saving animals and taking care of animals, is that also therapeutic for you? Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it provides such joy. I mean, I think back to the times when I wasn't fostering animals 
to now and like how much more fulfilled I feel, you know, it's like nice to find that thing where you're like, mm -hmm. oh, this fills up my cup and, and fostering animals definitely is. Um, I could be like stressed out about work and then I can walk into the room with the kittens that we're fostering and then I'm like, oh, life's just amazing. <laughs> kittens are so cute. Yeah. Motown's old, uh, previous landlady was a cat lady and she used to foster kittens. And they're just, some of them were just weeks old or, and they were just acute and they would cling to you because they were so tiny and you would pick them up and they would just like attach themselves to you. They were so cute. Yeah. They're so cute. It feels really nice to have like a baby kitten just like <laughs> look at you and love you. <laughs> it's so nice. We all need baby kittens. <laughs> yeah. We just need to carry them around our purse. Yeah. Unfortunately, like if they could just stay babies though, you yeah. know? Yeah, but there's some ones that like <laughs> I had these two that I just loved and we had them for almost six months. And one of them, uh, the brother, we would take on walks and he would climb trees and he just loved being outside. And then the sister, she didn't like being outside as much. She would maybe like pat the leaves, but she would hug you. So she would like come up and put her paws around your neck and just lay there. And I mean, I was like, this is the best thing I ever. I would love that. <laughs> Just chill it out on your shoulder. Yeah, it was really special. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to get into the type of activities you do in therapy. Because I hear there's something really special that you do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love your laugh. It's great. <laughs> it's therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What people don't realize is that our ancestors were revolutionaries. So if you have Haitian blood running through your veins, you too have the DNA of revolutionaries. The revolution will not be televised, but it will be streaming. You just heard a snippet of the six-part docuseries, Audacity of Host, which explores the Haitian-American experience of Motown Maurice. You don't want to miss it. Audacity of Host is streaming now on Tubi. For more information, visit MotownMaurice.com. We're back in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Sip and chat therapy. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so Liz, earlier before the break, you shared that you were in couples therapy. What is that like? And what led you guys to couples therapy? What led me to couples therapy is that when I moved in with a partner, I wanted to be in therapy with them. I thought it'd be beneficial for conflict resolution, communication. Um, you know, we're serious about our relationship and we want to grow together. So it's a great place to do it. And how long have you guys been in therapy? I think we're probably around two years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, a few breaks here and there, but yeah, two years. And I wanted to start couples therapy right as we moved in together, but the pandemic had us move in quicker than probably mm -hmm. we would have. And and we were in LA and then we moved to the East Coast for a little bit. So we just like weren't in one place. So it wasn't really a priority. Um, but when we got back, we found a couples therapist. Do you think, because you said you're just in couples therapy, you're not in individual therapy. Mm -hmm. Can you, and I don't know if this is a thing, can you go 
to individual therapy with your couples therapy? Or is that like a conflict of interest? I honestly have no idea. Like I, I've heard people that are in couples therapy and they'll do individual sessions, Mm -hmm. but I don't know why they're in therapy. Like, I don't know if they're not revealing stuff in couples therapy. I actually don't know like the rules (laughs) or if there are (laughs) rules. Um, I would love to see our couples therapist individually. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, (laughs) like, like she's amazing. And I jokingly, I say jokingly in quotes because it wasn't a joke. (laughs) Uh, You know, said like, can can she just be my individual therapist? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, maybe she could be your individual therapist and you guys go find a new couples therapist. (laughs) I tried to, I, you know, I workshopped that idea and it got shot down. Um, yeah, but I mean, I wish in a perfect world, I wish <laughs> in a perfect world. she could clone herself. Um, yeah. well, actually she could, but we can do that now. But, um, back to the couples therapy, when you mentioned to your partner that you wanted to do couples therapy, was she open to it? Yeah, because she's been in therapy. She's, she likes it as well. You know, um, she's she's more consistent in therapy than I am. Like she really sticks it out with her therapist. I, you know, I've been nine. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you've got to get it right. You know, this person, (laughs) you're telling this person everything. It has to be the right person. Yeah, You know, you got to feel like you trust them, but also you can be in therapy for people change, Mm -hmm. you know, we change as people and that could, you know, a person changing could influence how they, provide therapy. And uh, it could also, if the patient changes, it could change how they receive that therapy. So it makes sense that we would need to seek out new therapists every now and then. Yeah, for sure. I think you can definitely see a therapist and go really far with them and grow a lot and then be like, okay, now I think it's time for me to move on and see how else I can be helped. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what kind of activities do you guys do in therapy? Yeah. So we are lucky enough to have a brilliant therapist that like understands us both. Um, I think it's just like a really good match. Um, And one day we were talking and she suggested that we should make a video together because we both used to make videos growing up. Um, She thought it'd be a good creative exercise for bonding, Um, you know, and it was a way for us to bring things that we are working on in therapy to a project, you know, and then we get to share it and, you know, like we get to work on something that, you know, fuels us creatively. And yeah, so we've made a few videos for her, I guess, (laughs) for us, (laughs) Uh, for for us, Uh, you know, and it, it, it honestly, I think that was like when she suggested that I already liked her as a therapist a lot, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, this person like gets us and like, you know, and you know, when someone's like, just like really good at their job mm-hmm. and you're like, dang it. I wish I had a job <laughs> that I was great. <laughs> like, you know. That's so interesting <laughs> that she said that you said fuels us create creatively because our relationship is fueled by creation. And I think sometimes, I think the way relationships are these days, well, like the modern relationship, 
it's always about we're going to get married, we're going to be in love, and we're going to have kids. Like, but what else? Yeah. Here are two people that who are living together and building a life together. What there's got to be something else other than just the fact that we're in love, the kids, and the marriage. Like, when all of that goes away, what is left that you can fall back on? Yeah. And I think uh, creativity. If people share that, you people share something that they can fall back on. And I think creativity is a great one, you know, because then you can always work on projects. You always have something to talk about. Yeah. Things don't go stale. And it, I think sounds like building those, um, making those videos also, it bonds the relationship, but it also bonds the friendship. Cause I think a huge part of romantic relationships is the friendship part. Yeah, you because know, sometimes the romance part isn't working out. It's good to have the friendship part to fall back on. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, one of the things that I really love about my partner is how creative she is and funny and like she has really good ideas. So, you know, it's fun to collaborate and be like, OK, let's, you know, yeah. let's do it. Let's bring it together. And um, she's really good at you know, like idea generation and, you know, like that. And I'm my talent. I, I can do that, but I'm better at like editing the video together and making that look really nice execution. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, we can one, two punch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about some of these videos that you're making. Yeah. So the first one that we did, um, the idea stemmed from something that we covered in therapy. I was going through a rough time and I was in a space where I just like couldn't make a decision. I I didn't want to say, I didn't even know if I wanted to say yes or no. And I kind of just wanted someone to make the decision for me, but not a person. I didn't want to say yes or no. And in therapy, you know, it was mentioned a coin flip. I'll respect the outcome of the coin. You know, if it's heads, yes. If it's tails, no. And I'll do whatever. I just, you know, the the pressure of making the decision was mm-hmm. too much on me. That sitting in indecision was causing more stress. So I was just like, I, I don't know. I'll respect the coin. <laughs> I'll do whatever the coin says. It reminds me of The Witcher. Toss a coin to your Witcher. Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> he always has a I don't know why he said coin. I immediately yeah. thought of the Witcher. Are you familiar? Do you I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> but respect the coin. Respecting yeah. the decision of the coin. Yeah, and um, and so that idea um was like the basis of that video, and we made a fun, lighthearted uh video where called Flip It. And it was like a decision maker. It was kind of shot like an infomercial. Um, and and in the video, everything goes like what you would think would be the negative outcome for me. Like, oh, like it was my idea to like have this coin flip. And I was like, oh, no, I'm doing everything I don't want to do. Like, I got to do the dishes. I got to do, you know, the grocery shopping. I mean, those weren't the decisions. Why, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, but like the lighthearted decisions, you know, um, the fun of it. Uh, so we so we did that. And and it was just like such a joy to create that. And, you know, I'm not 
you know, my partner really always wants to go on like picnics. I just don't want to sit outside, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to sit with all the bugs. That's so cute. <laughs> you know, and in the video, you know, we a picnic was part of them. It was like, what do you want? You know, she goes, what do you want to do for date night? And I go, sit. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to do a picnic. And so we flipped it and, you know, it ended up on pic, you know, and it cuts to us at a picnic. And, but it was nice because we actually got to do like a real date and we did a picnic, okay. you know? So we got to actually do something that she's been wanting to do. You know, it was like a great bonding moment and, you know, and now it's in a video. <laughs> we can watch forever it was like a nice way to bring what we're talking about in therapy and to like see it you know and then we showed it to friends and it's like an accomplishment do you think that you would make those videos public to help others or these are just like private I mean in general I have issues with sharing things to the public like my thing is like I wouldn't want to work at a coffee shop because I wouldn't want to be publicly reviewed online. Like, I don't want anybody's, oh. like, opinion of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That makes sense. Um, I'm happy to share it with friends mm -hmm. uh, because they know me, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and there's some that we just keep in the session. Mm -hmm. uh, there are topics where... Or like a topic of a video where I'm like, well, we have a version where it's, this is the real version that we made for therapy. Mm -hmm. And then we made another version that we could, that I just edited another version that could be shown to friends. It makes a lot less sense, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but people seem to enjoy it. <laughs> Do you, like when, it, if you're ever struggling, like for instance, with Flip It, did it help you make the decision that you needed to make? Well, the flip it came after that period mm -hmm. of my life. So it was kind of a callback. Okay. <laughs> you know, we were just referencing back to it. Um, but the video we did after that was more therapy directed. Like that one, like we wouldn't share because it was things we were talking about in therapy. Mm -hmm. And I, and our therapist said, like, make one about this. And I, I said, you will never catch me talking about that on camera. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, okay. you know, and I never uploaded it to like the cloud. I'm like, mm -hmm. can't live on the cloud. <laughs> do you ever go back and watch it? Like if you're struggling with a similar situation, do you ever go back and watch it to get like clarity? No, I, I haven't. But honestly, not that much time has passed since we've started creating these, mm -hmm. you know, so maybe a year from now. Um, I really do feel the growth in those videos. So mm -hmm. like I, I can think about where I was pre-video and post-video and, um, and I'm like, wow, like. It's, I love yeah. that. That's so, that's so encouraging to be able to look at the video and see your own growth. Yeah. I think it would be easier to do that than just regular self-reflection. It's kind of like watching the football game, you know, how they go into the locker room and watch the football game and say, oh, like, this is where you messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So you're kind of looking at yourself. I assume you're looking at yourself in the video and like, oh, I see how I wouldn't feel that way anymore. Is, it, mm -hmm. is that how it 
kind of working for you. Yeah. And I think seeing your growth and like recognizing it, because I, I think people can grow and that's like, and you can grow outside of therapy and you're, and you can probably recognize it, but it's just like, there's like little benchmarks, like mm-hmm. where I was and where I am now. And that's almost encouraging within itself. It's like, I can get beyond this. Mm-hmm. I can work through this. Um, and it does get easier and lighter. And then there's parts of your life where you're like, this is a rough patch, you know, but you have all these things, these great things to like look back on. Um, and it's just, it's comforting to me. I agree. Um, most of the problems in my life have not been my own, (laughs) which is something else I realized through therapy that most of the thing, the stress I feel or problems I think I'm having it's not my stress. It's someone else's problem. And I somehow managed to make it my own. So I, it's encouraging. And I hope our audience is encouraged by hearing you say that things get better. And that, you know, when thing when you hit a rough patch, it's when you have a bad period or a down period, it just is a rough patch because you've been in therapy all this time. And so you kind of have like this toolkit to get through that rough patch. Yeah. I I mean, I have this friend who's had a lot of, has had a rough life. Her life has been tough, but there's so many positives, Mm -hmm. but we have this saying that we send to each other randomly when things are not super great. (laughs) We go, when does it get good? (laughs) (laughs) It is just like, it's just like, kind of like, Hey, I'm going through it right now. Yeah. When does it get good? But like, it's like lighthearted and it's like, and, and it's kind of, yeah, it's like, how can I help you? Like, how can I support you during this time? It, it is like a way, you know, like that's like our secret language of like, I need support right now. Yeah, like the Batman signal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's really good. That's really good. So I know you mentioned earlier that you'd been through nine therapists. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> how, how do you... First, I don't think nine therapists is a lot. That's amazing. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yes. I don't think it's a I lot. win therapy. I probably think it's average <laughs> or probably under average, you know? Yeah. But how do you go about choosing a therapist? Like, what is your process? So back when I started therapy, it was whoever was free um, through my university And then, you know, when I moved to LA, then it was based off of insurance who was available at Kaiser. And my first therapist, she was a great fit for me. I really enjoyed seeing her, but then it was her availability Mm -hmm. and it just like didn't work anymore. Um, And then from there, I think I stayed within what my insurance helped cover. Mm -hmm. But at this point in my life, I've gone out of pocket because there's a lot more flexibility in that, but not everyone has the luxury to pay out of pocket for a therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, our couple's therapy session is $200. Ooh. Is it a 55 minute hour? I love when they say that. Oh. I bill at a 55 minute hour. Like, <laughs> then that's not an hour. It's 55 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, I think ten, most of my sessions, I, I'm not going to, I think my, current situation is I'm blessed you know like 
she's not kicking us out at 50 minutes or 55 oh, minutes. Good. Yeah. You know, I'm like, please let us stay. I want to hear how your week was. <laughs> You're one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She probably sees you in the grocery store before you see her and runs the other yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. She better not. <laughs> no, um, but I, I would pay her $200 individually if I could, you know, I'm like, please. But, but um, yeah, I had another, when I was in individual therapy up until recently, she was like $150 a session. And she just wasn't a fit. I probably saw her for eight weeks. I gave her a lot of time because I really wanted it to work, but she just wasn't a fit for me. Um, I liken um, finding a therapist to dating. Like when I started looking for a therapist, I went on quite a few first sessions. And then I found one, felt comfortable with the first session. And we did a few more and I stayed with her for about a year, year and a half, two years. Then I took a break. Then I went back. And then I just realized, I don't know, something had changed about her. Um, and she wasn't a good fit. I don't know. I'm not going to say that. Something had changed and we weren't a good fit for each other anymore. So then I just stopped therapy. And then most recently I did the CBT session and I've been thinking lately I should get back into therapy for maintenance and talk therapy for maintenance. I just have been procrastinating because I find finding a therapist very much like an interview process and it can be taxing. Yeah, it is, yeah. It is tough. Yeah. I mean, for me to find a therapist that didn't work out, I think that's probably why I stuck with her for eight sessions because I'm like, Oh, and then I'm going to have to like reach out to all these people and they mm. either don't get back to you or they're full or they recommend you to somebody else, which is very helpful. But it's also just like, then you have to ask these questions of like, how much does it cost? Mm -hmm. You know, there's just there's so many things. And, you know, when you try and go through insurance, they try to make it easy by sending you a list of therapists in network. But I don't know. I'm just like, sometimes they're just like not a good fit. Yeah. I... I kind of had, you know, like I want my therapist to kind of be a certain <laughs> age. <laughs> like, and I had to let that go when I was looking for a therapist at one point because I'm like, okay, maybe I'm being too tough on older therapists. Mm -hmm. And then I was with a therapist that was from a different generation and she, <laughs> she just didn't get it. Like I'm, she didn't understand social media, which is like tough for me because at that point I'm like, I need you to understand, you know, where somebody, if somebody blocks you that it's not just like, oh, okay, well they blocked you, move on. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. there's so many nuances to this. Like, it's not just, they blocked me, move on. Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> the point I was trying to make is like, she just didn't get me. Like she, yeah. and it wasn't, and that wasn't. The blocking was just like an example. Like that's not a real example. It was just like to simplify it. Mm -hmm. But she just didn't understand. And that's what I need in a therapist. Like I can't be explaining what, like I need my therapist to be like in tune with pop culture. Mm -hmm. And that's just some, and that's just something that's for me. Like mm -hmm. somebody else might not require that at all, but I, I can't be explaining like what inside out 
is the Pixar movie. I'm like, because yeah, I reference that. You reference it. Like, if <laughs> yeah. I make, like, we make a reference to what was the show where the upside down area with the kids from the 80s riding around on their bikes fighting Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Thank you. We reference Stranger Things all the time. And I, and I, I do not enjoy when I'm having a conversation and make a reference to something to really emphasize a point. And the person's like, oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> the conversation is literally over. Yeah. Because when I reference something, pop culture, to emphasize a point, it's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the reason behind it. Mm -hmm. You yeah. end up doing all the work yeah. in your therapy sessions if yeah. you have to explain things. Yeah. Technically, she should be paying you <laughs> yeah. for keeping her informed. So, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I yeah. Get yeah. It. And, you know, it's like I don't have this like crazy expectation for them to know everything of everything that I'm talking about. But, you know... I realized when I had like an older therapist, there were so many like disconnects. I'm just like, oh, you know, and, you know, and then I did. And right after her, oh no, actually it was right before her. I had a really, a younger therapist, but her specialty was with children, like little kids. And I found myself in those sessions doing activity worksheets which does not work for me, I will tell you that. <laughs> and we would read in the session. We would read the paragraphs. And like, so at first I would come to the session and be like, what went on this week? And at this time I was going through a crazy, um, a crazy work thing. I Shenanigans. Yeah, like, and it was really stressful on my day to day. And it was like early pandemic too. So it's just like really... <laughs> I need help. And, and she'd be like, and she'd be like, okay, is, is that all? And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's all that happened. She's like, okay, let's get to the worksheets. I'm like, no. Oh my gosh. But I needed her. So I stuck with her way longer than I probably should have. Was she helpful at, at all? The silence is everything. <laughs> like, did you hear me? <laughs> I don't want to like sit here. We were not a fit. <laughs> I don't want to say that she had no impact on me, like no positive impact. You know what? She was present. She was there. She was somebody who was able to fill a void until you were able to appropriately fill that void. Yeah. I think she genuinely did care about my well-being. Mm -hmm. She did not know how to help me in the ways that I needed. Yeah. But so, yeah. So then I, you know, I left her and then I went to the next <laughs> one and I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> you know, but I'm, you know, I, as you said, you have, you'll see a therapist one time and they'd be like, okay, no, I'm going to try somebody else. I'm not like that. I'm like, well, maybe I'm being too hard on that. You know? And, oh, and no, honey, <laughs> I'm very definitive about help. Are they going to help me? Cause my time, the, my time is the only thing I have of value. Mm -hmm. So I'm not giving people chances with my time. Yeah. Yeah. And that that is something I also learned um, through therapy. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, when somebody really needs someone, you know, and then they're in, they're in like crisis, like they, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're going to try and make it work. and And that might help them for that. Yeah. that time and that's kind of where i was at <laughs> yeah because at least you you need that immediate need met right and then you can get the immediate need met 
and you can kind of come out of crisis so that you can think clearly, have clarity, and then you could say, oh, yes, this will work. I can make this work. Or no, I can't make this work. Because you can't make really, when you're in crisis, you can't make good sound decisions. Yeah. You just need to get to a safe place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when I, my last individual therapist, I was in maintenance. Like I didn't need, you know, there were things I needed, I want to work on. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I went to a therapist that had, or was, she was working towards certain, um, she was getting certified in certain areas where I wanted to work on. Mm -hmm. And so she wasn't fully certified in it yet. But, um, so I knew what I was going for and I just... I was like, oh, I really tried to make it work. And sometimes I'm like, I'm blaming the couples therapist because I think she's so good <laughs> that now all these other individual therapists are just like not working out. I'm like, oh, God. She's blown your standards out <laughs> of the water. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dang it. <laughs> well, Liz, I really enjoyed this conversation with you. It's nice to get, you know, we've been seeing each other every Sunday now for the past several weeks. I didn't know you lived with someone. That's good to know. Thanks for letting me know <laughs> since we've been seeing each other. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but um, we'll see you Sunday, and I expect you to be there, and I expect you to be ready for the rematch. I am so ready. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cue the training montage. Motown's got a new serve, so. <gasps> oh, no. He's got a new serve. I've been working on my spin. Oh, uh-huh. Oh my God. And I've just been sitting Off at in the Texas. Angels game, you know, <laughs> a Lakers game, you know, doing whatever. But hey, you do you. We'll do us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. I'm going to talk about this in therapy. <laughs> well, if people want to get in touch with you, um, oh, before we go to that part, I wanted to ask you is there anything else that you want to share that you're working on or are passionate about that we didn't cover? If people would like, I have an Instagram page dedicated to our foster kittens, and it's called Busy Kittens, B-I-Z-Z-Y-K-I-T-T-E-N-S. And there you can find daily content of what's going on in my house with the wild kitties. <laughs> I love that. There's another uh, foster kitty mom that I follow. She's in... Um, New York. So I'll definitely check that out. Can you say your handle one more time for our audience? Yeah, it's Busy Kittens. B-I-Z-Z-Y-K-I-T-T-E-N-S. Yes. Busy Kittens. <laughs> All right, folks. So you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button so you never have to miss a single episode of Sip and Chat Cafe. Love that.